Welcome to Access All Areas, a podcast featuring inspiring conversations with a range of amazing individuals, including Paralympic athletes, accessible tour companies, disabled influencers, and many more. In this episode, we feature the audio version of a conversation that was recorded live. If you'd like to watch the video version, head over to Honda Discover's Facebook page or YouTube channel. Now, let's jump into the episode. Hey everyone, this is Corey Lee, the content manager here at Hand Discover, and thank you so much for joining me for a brand new episode of Access All Areas. This week, I am talking with a very special guest with Andrew Robertson. He is behind the YouTube channel Spin at Lightspeed. It's a phenomenal YouTube channel that chronicles his and his son's adventures all around the globe. Uh, lots of content on there, which we'll dive into in just a bit. But for now, I would love to welcome Andrew. Hey, hey Andrew. how you yeah, thank you so much for joining me today. I really appreciate it, and I'm excited to talk all about traveling with you. Complete honor to be meeting you, Corey. And uh, you know, it's seeing a lot of your travels that's pushed me to go out there and 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 do mine. I think uh, you know, I I look at the the there's an app where you tick where you've been. I look yeah. at countries, and it's a kind of a, a really poor number. But I remember seeing one of the maps where you'd been. Like, wow, you've been everywhere. <laughs> I really want to kind of get myself. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, well, thank you for that. I really appreciate your kind words. And it, I mean, from your YouTube channel, I've been watching it over the past few weeks, and it seems like you've definitely done a lot of travels. So I think you have a lot of valuable experience that we can talk about in just a bit. But to start us out, can you please just kind of tell everyone who you are and what your disability is? Sure, sure. So I'm Andrew Robertson. I'm uh, 40 years old, and I come from Canterbury uh, in deepest, darkest Kent, uh, just outside London. And um, uh, I was diagnosed with muscular dystrophy when I was 18. Um, so I have adult onset limb girdle muscular dystrophy. So it's only a muscle wasting disease of the shoulders and legs. I say only, they're quite important. <laughs> Without the muscles in the arms and legs, walking is particularly challenging. Um, I had probably 10 years of uh, walking with a stick um, uh, between my 20s and 30s, and then it was time to use a power chair. And uh, I remember researching a lot of different power chairs and saw one uh, from an Australian manufacturer. And as I'm kind of looking, YouTube was just a thing back then. It shows how old I am. <laughs> and there was, there was a guy uh, with a similar type of muscle disease who'd taken this wheelchair backpacking around Asia. And I think it's called Beyond the Trail, um, his uh, channel. Um, but um, to see this, and he had a, a student film crew that followed him. And I'm, I'm saying, wow, this is amazing. This chair, is this all-terrain chair. And I showed my wife uh, and she said, I, I grew up with him. He was my next door neighbor when they lived in Dubai. Wow. How mad is that? <laughs> so and he'd gone back to the States and, and you know, his life had changed massively from when they knew each other. Um, but having an all-terrain chair, I think, push, pushes me to try and go out a little bit more, um, if it be off-road or, or you know, um, just places that you wouldn't normally see a wheelchair. Um, and then, of course, my son came along 2013, 
and um, there's that kind of early years when um, it's very difficult to interact with the baby when you can barely hold them. Um, but as soon as he got to about three, and um, he would love sitting on the chair, and he still does now. He's eight years old, and he's too big to sit on the chair, but he's, he's still. <laughs> Um, but all of a sudden, I realised I could strap him to me. Didn't have to worry about him running off. Um, and then we could go out there. And um, um, over the years, different carers that I've had have given me more um, uh, confidence. I, I think, and it's. Um, I don't know if you feel the same thing, Corey. You, 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 it starts to snowball when you get confidence with going places. And all of a sudden, you realise, yeah, I can travel by train. I can do underground. I can do buses. I, do air travel um and and then all of a sudden you just kind of get that momentum uh and you're like right where's next yeah yeah definitely the same for me i think the first time that i went to europe i went to uh, germany and austria and then after that trip i was like i was hooked i thought you know if i can do this and like have such a great time then what else is out there you know and it just pushed me to keep going further and still going further even to this day just taking more and more challenging trips every now and then, you know. So, yeah, definitely a process, but it's been so much fun, as I'm sure it has for you as well. Uh, but at the beginning of 2021, you actually launched your YouTube channel, Spin at Lightspeed. So it's fairly new, but you already have a ton of content on there for people to see. But what inspired you to finally launch a YouTube channel? Sure. Um, so Thomas is, is the inspiration. And um, uh, ever since the, you know, when young kids turn about five or six and they're watching YouTube and they're, they're seeing YouTubers and they're starting to talk with the lingo, uh, there he is. Uh, and um, uh, we bought a GoPro and he is absolutely, I, I was his hero that day that I came home with the GoPro and he was filming everything and he talks into the camera like hey guys comment down below if you want to see this guys we're going here and he's, he's talking into it like, you know, like it's a person inside the camera and um, so eventually he said dad where's my channel and I was like well you haven't got one Tom we're just filming you know these, these are home movies and then um, I suppose the more we we were filming, the more content and material that we were building up, said, yeah, this this could be a channel. Um, and uh, we spent a long time coming up with the name, a long time thinking about what the what the purpose would be. Um, and for some reason, when we started to film the intros, and it just felt natural. Um, but at the end of the intro, um, so we, the way our, the format of our videos is we try and talk for a couple of minutes. Then we show four or five minutes of, of um, a, a video with, with some music overlaying. And then we talk in the middle, have some more video, and then we talk at the end. Um, so those kind of intro bits right at the end to sign off. I said, Tom, just jump up on the chair and we'll just spin round. Because um, I've got a newer chair that, that spins really quick. So yeah. um just just happened so at the end of every video we just do this quick spin sometimes two spins sometimes spin different ways trying to mix it up a little bit and so we wanted the word spin to be in there i'm a big star wars fan uh, and by nature i've indoctrinated thomas into being a big star wars fan so uh, we're both pretty into star wars um but then when you uh, the at in the middle is andrew and thomas Ava, andrew yeah. tt so spin at light speed and i'm just googling it to see if anybody else had that name and it came up with a black hole spins at light speed i was like that's interesting yeah. you know? nice. um, and then the deeper meaning i suppose is that for me sometimes having a disability i've always wanted to be positive 
And I love that about you, Corey. You're always positive, even when things go wrong. And I see a picture of you somewhere where there's a lift that's broken and you're still smiling and you're just like the fire brigade are coming to rescue me. But hey, I'm still smiling. And yeah. I, I, I love that. Yeah. <laughs> it's challenging sometimes to be positive, but I always try. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so for me, spinning at light speed uh, is what a black hole does. And we're trying to keep ourselves out of the black hole trying to keep positive working really hard um and we're lucky i suppose just having so much content from years of filming um and doing a lot of research onto sort of youtube channels and thinking i wanted to keep it going i wanted to have something every friday so there was a new video coming out and yeah. when we launched it there was 47 um pre-edited videos so they're all kind of scheduled one at a time and then I always wanted to be ahead of the game, do some more filming. 2020, we had loads of ideas. We had a trip to Florida booked. We were going to go off to um, Washington, New York, and across to San Francisco. Uh, and then, of course, everything got locked down. And we were stuck with just filming in the garden and trying to come up with ideas for episodes, uh, like homeschooling or helping out around the house or different things that we couldn't really do much traveling. Yeah. Yeah, so you're you're on your channel. You not only dive into you know destinations that are accessible but you recently even published like what it's like to get on a plane as a wheelchair user so a lot of really like helpful information on there that you know isn't you know just the fun stuff of traveling but also really useful information which i found helpful when i was browsing your videos but what all kinds of content can people expect to see on spin at lightspeed I think no, nothing too serious. I think we, we you know, we it, it's built with an eight-year-old in mind. Right. And, uh, even if you watch some of the videos, is we're constantly interrupting each other, and it's yeah. really funny to try and. And I'm, if I'm trying to put the um, uh, uh, the closed captions on, uh, and I'm manually doing them to make sure that they're right, it's really difficult sometimes. I'm, I'm interrupting Thomas; he's interrupting me. And I'm sat there furiously typing away to get the subtitles up. Um, it's all, I suppose, about showcasing what is possible. Um, and then even when things are difficult, how you can put a positive spin on things. Um, and I think um, our first video, our first video we launched was the Disneyland Paris. And that trip to Disneyland Paris, is, it's always magical whenever you go to Disney. You, know, you can't help but, but it's a very busy theme park. It's very difficult to move around. <laughs> I love that face. And he had a really wobbly tooth. So that picture was good because it kind of covered up <laughs> the uh, the tooth. But um, I, I managed to get a puncture in, in the theme park. Uh, and um, my chair doesn't have solid wheels. It, it does now. Um, but my two large drive wheels. And um, we've been around the park and we just decided the two of us to go off on an adventure. So we followed whatever path we could find in between one of the hotels. Uh, and whether it was a maintenance road, I, I don't know, the gate was open, so we zoomed through it looking for fish, big lakes that they had. And all of a sudden there's a bang and I'd driven over either a nail or a large pine cone and the wheel just deflated really, really quickly. Wow. The chair was completely stationary uh, in the back streets of Disneyland Paris in 40 degree heat, 30 degree wow. heat. It was, it was boiling. I managed to get just to the shade. And what I find really amazing is I phoned my wife. She went to get the, uh, at the concierge at the hotel. And within about three minutes, they were there on site with a, a, a backup wheelchair, um, transferred me into it. I had a carer on site as well who could get lost 
but we didn't see him for ages. <laughs> so he had no idea where we were. Um, the concierge took my wife uh, and the, the, the punctured wheel to a bike repair shop. And three hours later, I was sat back in my chair with a completely repaired chair. A little wow. bit Disney magic, and um, the holiday wasn't ruined. Um, but um, yeah, I suppose what you can expect is that we, we try and give a warts and all um, view of something. Uh, we've got one video called Getting Stuck, and it's where I decide it's a good idea to take my wheelchair onto a sandy beach. It's yeah. <laughs> the brochure, it says it's okay. I've been on yeah. beaches quite a few times, and I've been stuck quite a few times. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but uh, yeah, I always say, uh, this reminds me of what I always say, it's like for every problem, there's a solution. And so it sounds like you're like kind of living the same way, like you, you know, had the problem of your tire being punctured, but you found the solution, got it fixed, and it didn't ruin the whole day, just a few hours were missed, you know, which is unfortunate, but at least it was repaired eventually. <laughs> yeah, and I'll, I'll always travel with a spare controller on my wheelchair. Um, because looking at what can go wrong, uh, you know, you can generally fix tires and wheels wherever you go. There's normally a garage or something that can fix it. Something as complicated as a controller, that gets smashed. Um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that would be terrible. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And uh, I do want to say hello to a, a few of the people that are leaving comments and watching. So Sherry says, good morning. Hey, Sherry, good morning. Thank you for watching. My Sandy Trail says, this is awesome that you do this with your son. What a great dad. Thank you. Yeah. And Noni says, good morning. Good morning, Noni. Thanks so much for watching. And um, if anyone's watching and has a comment for either Andrew or I, uh, feel free to leave your comment down below and we will do our very best to answer uh, as best we can. But getting back into traveling and the logistics of traveling as a wheelchair user, we all know that, you know, it is challenging at times, which you've just described. There's a lot that goes into traveling with a wheelchair, especially a powered wheelchair. So with that being said, what inspires you to still keep traveling as much as possible? Uh, definitely, Thomas, um, because I've always had that feeling that I wouldn't want him to be disadvantaged. Um, no. I know there's already so many things I can't do with him. Uh, and when he was very young, because uh, children don't understand and they don't know how to mince their words, uh, or, or he, he didn't wasn't thinking. And one day I said, oh, can I, can I help you? Um, and he went, no, 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 I, I don't want you to help me. I want mommy to help me. I said, oh, it's OK. I'm, I'm, I'm right here. I can help you. No, I don't want you, Dad. That wheelchair stinks. And he didn't mean the wheelchair things. He just didn't like the chair. And I said, well, what do you mean? He said, well, you, you can't do that with me. You can't run and play football with me. And, and it all came out. All these emotions sort of came out really kind of quickly. And I realized that, look, I'm, there's things I can't do. Let's not dwell on them. Let's do things that we can do. And I've got tons of energy. Um, I don't get tired when I'm in the chair because I only use my finger to drive around. Um, so I can go miles and miles and miles, taking places with the right person supporting me. Um, we can go up to London and, uh, you know, Tom could walk as much as he wants, but uh, if he's ready for a rest, he can jump on the chair, uh, seatbelt goes around him, and then um, off we go. And so I, I think he's the primary kind of um, inspiration, but also yourself, Corey, because my first flight uh, was down to Cape Town in 2010. And uh, when I got off the plane, 
after the holiday, I swore I'd never fly again. I was like, no, that, that's too stressful. I'm not doing it. Um, I can't believe the transit chair didn't fit in the toilet. Um, I mean, how are you meant to go to the toilet if you can't fit yeah. in the restroom on the plane? This is this is bonkers. Uh, I'm, I'm not doing this again. And then I remember seeing some of your content. And I was like, wow, where's he going? That's amazing. You're right. You know what? I can do that. Yeah, let's do it again. Let's go on a different airline. Let's try again. Let's not be put off. Because I think everyone gets that that moment when something goes wrong. I've yeah. not had mine massively yet. Although I remember coming back from um, a trip to Europe. Uh, I was coming back to Heathrow. And uh, one of the, the guys, it's about midnight. He said, oh, I know that chair. That's the one we dropped about two months ago. Ah, I flew here two months ago, and my chair's not quite been right. The brakes haven't worked too well. So you might think you're joking, but you're not, are you? You did drop this chair. You won't see this chair very often. It's an import from Australia. Uh, and he kind of shut up. Went, oh, yeah, no, 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 I was just kidding. But I never you know, joke about dropping someone's chair. Right. No. That's not something to joke about. Oh, I know. And I've been on a four-hour flight, and I, I starved myself for um, the flights as I'm sure many people do. Um, but I have a little bit of diabetes. I have type 2 diabetes. So it's not terrible with me. Um, I don't have to have insulin or any medication for diabetes. But if I don't eat, I get very ratty. Um, but I also feel quite unwell. Uh, and it's fine. I'm not going to hurt myself by starving for a few hours. But the flight was delayed. Um, and I stopped eating a couple of hours before the flight took off. And then it was a four-hour flight. And then we were delaying getting off. So I was desperate to eat by that stage, uh, and it was late. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, you are a, a massive reason why I kept doing it. And so it's such an honor, thrill to, to kind of meet you finally. Yeah, well, thank you so much for saying that. I really appreciate it and love hearing all about Thomas and, um, you know, your travels with him and what it's like to, you know, be a dad in a wheelchair to a son that's able-bodied. Um, I can imagine what that's like. So it's really fascinating for me to see your experience and what that's all like. So I appreciate you explaining that in depth for all of us. Uh, we do have a couple of questions really quickly. Um, Harry says London toilets, I guess. They're asking about like accessibility of London toilets, which I, I don't know a lot about, but maybe you do, Andrew. So um, uh, you've got different types of toilets in the UK and the changing places toilet is quite a new movement in the UK. And there's just over a thousand changing places toilets. And if you find one, I still get so giddy with excitement. I go in, take a selfie, put it on Twitter. And I've been doing that for years. But you, all of a sudden you've got a toilet that's got a hoist, that's got a changing table. Um, it's got a sink that goes up and down. And it's about every piece of equipment you could possibly want. There's not many of them. There's uh, just over a thousand within the UK. And to give you an example, but Wembley Stadium, the football stadium, has over six and a half thousand toilets. Wow. So I think they've got one changing place in Luke. Most disabled toilets, uh, once you get the changing places toilets, I think there's an app where you can track them so you can see where the closest one is if you're in London and then you know to get there. You have to have your own sling um, if you're going to be hoisted. But um, if you don't need hoisting, it's a perfect toilet because it, it's so big. Um, other disabled toilets, you tend to have to have a key. Uh, and that's something that shocks a lot of people that travel from abroad because you get there and you're like, it shocks, it shocks me a lot. All around Europe, it's that way, and it shocks me every time. 
Yeah, you can buy them on eBay. You know, they're not a big secret now. The secret's got out. These keys are available. And at Charing Cross Station, uh, the train station right in the centre by uh, Westminster, um, and that, that train station had a code, um, so a four-digit code, and all the shopkeepers in the train station would use the disabled toilet because it was free. They didn't have to pay. Public toilet had to get you had to pay for. Um, so once someone told me the code, that was it. Really, I, I can get in there with the code. Um, I don't know, and I've been to the States a few times and I've not experienced the problem that I find sometimes in London is that you get to a disabled toilet and it's been used as a, as a storage room. So whatever chairs are stacked up, put them in the disabled loop. So you get in there and all of a sudden you've got to fight. I carry a commode with me. So I've got my shower chair in a bag strapped to the back yeah. of the chair. If I'm in London uh, all day, that's my kind of comfort blanket. If I need to transfer onto the toilet, the sliding board, it's never come out of the bag, thankfully. Um, it makes the chair so big. So to get into a toilet, um, it, yeah. There are plenty of them. I've never really struggled in in London. Um, I've always found somewhere to go. Uh, I've not had a big issue. Oh, that's good to hear then. it's uh, Yeah, in the US, there is there is the problem of accessible like companion care restrooms. Sometimes being taken over by able-bodied people um, instead of like, you know, wheelchair users and families that really need them. Uh, but I haven't seen a ton that have become like storage facilities, luckily yet. So hopefully it stays that way. But yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah that's a good point. And we also have a question from Clint that says, as far as vacations go, do either of you recommend the type of wheelchair that can handle moving around on beach sand. I have a power wheelchair and looking at going on a trip to Gulf Shores. So I've actually been to Gulf Shores a few times. I went um, just like a couple of months ago, I think in early May and Gulf Shores is, is incredible. So there are actually companies there that rent beach wheelchairs. So you can get, it's a powered beach wheelchair. So I was able to drive it just like with my joystick, just like I do a regular power wheelchair and it's, phenomenal it has big tires so it can roll on the sand so if you go to my blog uh, curbfreewithcoreylee.com and just search gulf shores all the information should come up but are there beach wheelchairs available in the uk as well that are similar to that i've never seen one i've heard of them um i've not heard of powered ones but i've heard of the chairs uh, the manual chair with the really big wheels that you can take into the water and it can float. Um, but I've never seen one. Um, in fact, I think I'm the only chair I've ever seen on the beach in the UK. Um, wow. And my chair's got the all-terrain wheels, but it, it's um, it's a mid-wheel drive. So yeah. if the sand's too soft, the caster wheels sink in at the front and at the back. Um, they do a larger chair, uh, it's called the X8, and, and that's got four large all-terrain wheels and that just rolls over any type of sand I, I tend to be able to do compacted sand quite well um and it is quite funny the moments when i get confident to go down on onto the sand um and you know instantly if it's a mistake or not yeah. and being mid-wheel drive it doesn't take long at all You're more immediately. <laughs> yeah it's good it's good fun but it's a quite hard but when one wheel loses control and you still you, the joystick doesn't do anything you can push it all the way to the right and it's going where it wants and you're trying right. to go in and out of people on their kind of you know sunbathing without driving over people yeah it's <laughs> Yeah, completely understand that. I've uh, tried to go in the sand a few times, like in 
power wheelchairs that I've had in the past, and it's yeah. never a good idea usually. But yeah. nine times out of ten, it's a bad idea. Yeah. But um, if you, I do want to ask you if you could, you know, you've talked about air travel being difficult, bathrooms, but if like a genie came and they said like you can pick one thing that you would like to improve in the travel world uh, for wheelchair users, like what would be the one thing that you would really love to see be improved when it comes to traveling with a wheelchair? I think not, not, um, not making you stand out um, because sometimes life's difficult enough as it is. And um, if you're going to get on the train and they have to uh, bring ramps and get everyone to stand back and you've got to park in this special area. Um, and and that's a perfect example. Um, and that's quite good because that's level access. So I haven't had to pre-book that, turn up early, tip staff come down with, with, with ramps. Um, but there's only a few stations on the underground that you can, about 12, 15% that you can actually get on. Uh, and it's the same with air travel. You know, you, you have to be li lifted onto the transit chair and they say you're going to get in first, but you invariably don't. So you're being hoiked and lifted around in front of the rest of the plane. And then the same on, on the way back. So you, you, when, and I think trains are a good example, when there are certain trains that you can just roll on, roll off, when, when you feel like it, like anybody else does. Um, you just, to me, I, I feel a little bit of magic inside. It gives you that little tingly feeling. And I can imagine the, the time when you could travel by air without having to have so much special arrangements. So staying in the chair, being able to use a bathroom, you know, they can put beds and they can put bars on planes. You just need a toilet that's a little bit bigger. Um, and you know, if it had a hoist in it, it'd be fantastic, but you can't wish for everything. Um, so I, just just that not being singled out, being able to travel as, as normally, you know, the inclusivity of, of travel when it works it works really well yeah but it's catching up yeah yeah completely agree with everything you said if they can put a bed on a plane i mean there there's no excuse at this point <laughs> yeah. no, exactly. we, we can dwell on that for hours and talk about it but yeah well uh i'll, I'll move on to happier topics uh, <laughs> Uh, what are some of your favorite experiences that you've had while traveling? If you, like, I guess your top two or three favorite travel experiences. I I think for me uh, was when we went to uh, the Louvre. So when we saw the Mona Lisa, and realized that from where we were in in Canterbury, hopping on the Eurostar and getting off, um, and the fact that the Louvre um, prioritized. The wee wheelchair that it was completely free there was no queuing people were queuing for two three hours to get in and then even in the room where the mona lisa was someone spotted me and said oh you know come with me it's a really crowded room and they took me right to the front where they've got a special viewing area just for wheelchairs uh, and I'm like look at that i am the closest person to the mona lisa i haven't got to wait and queue and i've got a chair that raises up so i, I could bully my way to the front if i had to but all of a sudden i'm there with my son closest to anyone making feel me like a bit like a rock star uh, we got to the eiffel tower and again we were kind of rushed to the front a little bit couldn't quite get to the hole of the top um and that was as high as we could go they wouldn't allow me in the lift for the rest of it um because there is only one lift that goes up to the very top of the eiffel tower and if you can't walk at all um they're not happy with you going up there because if the lift breaks, somebody else has to carry you all the way down. 
which no. I can't understand. Um, but seeing just the excitement on Thomas's face, um, we had done. He'd been studying the Mona Lisa at school, so we'd we'd been to see it. We'd been to the Eiffel Tower. We'd been to the Champs Elysees, um, Arc de Triomphe, and we'd done all that. And we could have got the train home that evening. We stayed over and we did a few things the next day, like the Disney Store and and, and just generally mooched around Paris. But to think that's a uh, the the Eurostar is great because they put you in like a premier economy so you, you get your free meal it's a massive space you can travel with a hoist and equipment um there's just absolutely no stress uh, and it's something like two hours later i'm getting off the train in central paris um so it's definitely got to be one of my top experiences awesome yeah that sounds incredible i um was staying in london back in like 10 years ago and did a day trip to Paris on the Eurostar. And I was like amazed at how easy it was to use the train to actually get to Paris in like two hours. Like it was so quick and easy. And we left early that morning, came back late that night. So it was like a full action packed day, but it was a lot of fun um, for the most part. Accessibility in Paris was a bit difficult with the metro and like finding transportation but i have heard that it's gotten better so when you were in paris how did you get around was there accessible transportation? yeah we just didn't go on the metro i think you, you do a bit of research and you kind of yeah. you know what i've got about 20 words in in french but i speak them very confidently so people think i'm french but those 20 words aren't going to help me if we, we you know. so we knew uh, g7 is a very good taxi company for wheelchair accessible vehicles okay. uh, we would use them to hop around the city if if we had to but really we just chose all of our adventures within easy walking distance uh, and i say walking distance because i'm rolling and, and tom sat on my lap most of the time but they just introduced the e-scooters um and they're a bit controversial because they're uh, you know Love them or hate them, um, but my carer was on the e-scooter. I was in the chair, so I could go quite a bit faster than walking pace. Uh, and he's zooming around on an e-scooter. So we covered much bigger distances without the need for buses or or um, or the metro. Um, and I suppose just doing the research first, looking at Google Maps is great because you can say, well, that's going to take me 20 minutes, but really I could probably do it in 15, um, depending on how crowded the, the pavement is. Um, so as soon as I landed, I was ready to go. Um, we had a bit of an experience, I think, coming back. Uh, we got, I wouldn't say set upon, but we got to the Gare du Nord to get the train back. And, and there was a group of people that were trying to either scam people out of their luggage or um, and came up to us straight away, tried to take the bags and put them on their, their trolley. I think they were going to then ask for some money to get the bags back. Yeah. Um, and all of a sudden, and I'm, I'm with quite a big burly uh, PA, my carer um so i'm very safe and the taxi driver's trying to say just be careful and in very broken english he said bad people be careful but all of a sudden it gives that you know that reminder you're not at home you're not in your backyard you right. don't know where you are or, or you can barely speak the language um but amazing and I, that's one of my, my pledges is to visit paris every year um just to get more confident in traveling around um and definitely I will be on the metro at some point, you know, it's it's gonna happen. <laughs> Good luck on that. <laughs> Hopefully it'll go well. But I, I am glad to hear about the taxi company because when I was there, there was not an accessible taxi company. Really? And so um, yeah, there was only like one accessible 
like bus and Paris and it, it was so long ago, like 2011, I think. Mm -hmm. And it was like super expensive to use it for a day. So I'm very glad to hear that there are more options and maybe I'll even meet you in Paris one day. It's be, be great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're making it sound like a lot of fun and now I'm like really wanting to go. <laughs> but um, on the other hand, like, are there any travel experiences that stand out as being not so great? So any of that went wrong? And if they did, how did you overcome the difficulties? So um, I'm, I like trains. I think they're a good way to travel. And uh, we, we come across to DC. It, 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 it was my second trip to Washington, DC. Uh, and we planned to go up to New York on the way back. So we thought we've, we've done a lot of the sites in DC. So let's get the train, let's get the Amtrak up to, up, up to New York. And of course, trying, you know, you put a lot of faith in that um, the accessibility is going to be there, especially when you travel to the States. Um, and uh, they brought out this ramp, uh, or it, it was like a lift, like a hand cranked lift. All of a sudden, like, well, okay, this chair is really heavy. And this guy's poor guy's cranking me away to, to get me up to the right height. And then the corridor was tidy. And I'm, I've got this relatively large chair, but it's within normal parameters it's, it's not a super large chair it's not um but it is a power dual chair and, and mid-wheel drive i've got six wheels to try and navigate around a really tight bend um and i had to bend the foot plate up and a couple of people were there trying to help me literally bumping it and all of a sudden it came loose and i'm down the corridor oh, wow i was lucky um it, it what would i have done if i couldn't get on I have absolutely no idea. Um, I don't know if they had any other option. I mean, everything was fine once I was there and there was plenty of space. Um, but that, you know, to turn a corridor, as simply as that, um, it just wasn't enough space for it. So it was a near disaster, averted by a bit of a bit of muscle and um, uh, you know, where there's a will, there's a way. Um, but I did have to bend the foot plate up, kind of jam my legs in, have a couple of, a couple of big strong guys kind of bump the chair around the corner. Awesome. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I've used uh, some of those hand crank lifts before here in the States and they're always a bit like, I'm always a little sketched out by it because it, yeah, it's always like a ton of work for the purpose for the person that's operating it. And yeah. then for me, it just like, doesn't feel all that safe, but like they usually are and they usually go fine, but it's just, it's a little nerve wracking, I think. Yeah. 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 Other than that, I've been really, really lucky um, because I don't have many, bad experiences and um awesome. yeah. i've been on the underground and and there's been we had to change routes but we've just come up to the city and know your way around and google maps is really helpful for just trying to find a different route london buses are a little bit um complicated to know the routes but as soon as you do and it's it's a bit strange and i remember reading before i got my first bus in london because everything's i don't know if you find this Corey. you, you kind of get a little bit confident with one type of travel so you do it lots and then you kind of think, well, I should really do that. So then you go and try it. Yeah. <laughs> and then, yes, I was just starting to experiment with London buses because they're free to all wheelchair users. Uh, they've all got ramps, um, but the buses are busy. And they're, um, uh, there's also that kind of age-old conflict between uh, people with, with pushchairs, sort of parents. Um, and uh, the, the law in the UK is that the person with the pushchair has to vacate the space um for the wheelchair when it comes on but the london buses are so busy the driver doesn't get out of his seat he pushes a button the door opens and on you go 
And then he might call over the Tannoy, please vacate the area. There's even a pre-recorded message to say, please vacate the area. Wheelchair user needs the space. And how, how does that make you feel when there's a whole bus? That's a little awkward. They actually, some, most bus drivers will force the parent off the bus. And all of a sudden, but because they're doing it from the safety of their own, there's this massive conflict, especially if it's raining. And I'm getting on with a child as well. So it's not as if I could just say, oh, don't worry, I'll, I'll get wet for a bit. I've got a child that I want to get on the bus. And all of a sudden, there's a parent who's been told, you need to leave the bus. Right, yeah. By law. And every time a bus pulls up, you have that instant kind of like, what am I going to face? Um, yeah, yeah. A little, it's, yeah, it's just a, a little awkward and yeah. yeah nobody... I've been a few times and I've had people react badly. Um, yeah. But then equally, I've had just as many positive instances where someone said, oh, don't worry, you know, we, 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 we know we have to leave the bus. So but they, you know, just fold the pushchair up, put it in the luggage thing, then you can stay. We, we can all stay. Um, there's room for everyone, really. Uh, yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. And uh, what is your top tip for other travelers that use a wheelchair? If you don't have one tip in particular, like a top two or three, just a few tips that are great for other wheelchair users. You've got to do the research. And, and you know, I've, I've, I've been accused of, of um, uh, not being spontaneous enough in the past. And, you know, that, that, that which you take on the chin, but then you try and do something spontaneous and you get there and you find you should have planned. You should have booked. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, so I think keeping the confidence because the bad things won't happen all the time. Um, and sometimes if the bad thing happens on the first time you do something, you probably won't do it again. So you've got to keep your confidence. You've got to do your research um, and support each other. You know, sometimes I, I might go on a Facebook group for traveling and say, does anyone know this route on an underground station in, in London? And someone pings back a message. Yep, yeah, I've done that. Uh, uh, we, you know, we do support each other and push each other to do things. I think that's. Yeah. Yeah. I completely agree with the research thing. I mean, that's the most important thing as a wheelchair user. You can't just hop on a plane, go to Paris and try to figure it out when you're there. You can, I guess, technically, but it's going to be tremendously difficult. But yeah, just do the research in advance. And I think the disability community it's very supportive. So like, as you're saying in Facebook groups, on websites, like I think we all try to help each other out whenever we're planning a trip, especially in like the accessible travel groups on Facebook. And so that's always like kind of my first go-to just because I think everyone in the disability community, we just want to see each other, you know, succeed and have a great trip. And so um, yeah, yeah I completely agree with both of your points right there. And uh, post-COVID, like once this pandemic finally completely ends and every country is back open, what is at the top of your bucket list? Okay, so we got a trip to Florida, which has been put on hold twice now. Uh, we got the villa booked um, and uh, a, a huge Star Wars fan. So I'm, I'm, I'm ready to see Star Wars land. Uh, you're going to love it. It's incredible. I'm, I'm not a Star Wars fan and like, even for me, it was like, it's remarkable what they've done. <laughs> Can't wait to do that. And um, just to get out there a bit more, you know, on my top kind of bucket list is, is the pyramids. Um, going to Egypt does scare me for a lot of reasons, um, mostly down to food, I suppose, because um, 
Uh, it's my biggest fear when I'm, when I'm traveling is eating something that's going to give me an upset stomach. And then all of a sudden, uh, a difficult situation becomes very, a lot more difficult. Um, so visiting the pyramids is going to be done at some point. Um, I would love to do a cruise again. I did a couple of cruises when I was first married. And um, you know, they they were kind of they're built for people with mobility problems because that's the majority of especially around Europe and uh, majority of the people they're cruising are, are in the elderly part of their life that they're having more mobility issues um so I'd, I'd love to go and do that again yeah the pyramids in Egypt are one of my top three things on my bucket list so <laughs> hopefully I'll see you there very yeah. soon yeah yeah. Awesome. yeah very high on my list as well but uh to finish up, is there anything else that you would like to say? And if you can please let everyone know where they can find you yeah. online. Yeah, well, massive thank you, Corey, um, for speaking with me today. Um, Spin at oh. Lightspeed. Um, if you type it into YouTube, Spin at Lightspeed, um, ha have a look at some of the videos that are on there. As Thomas would say, if he would sat here now, he'd say like and subscribe. Um, and he's very good at, at kind of plugging that. Um, yeah. More subscribers that the better YouTube promotes your channel. Um, the algorithm works on how popular you are. So the more people that subscribe and then watch the videos, it's fantastic. Um, it gives us also a bit of a boost to, to go and make more videos. Um, there is a Facebook page, which you can look up on Spin at Lightspeed and occasionally dabble in a bit of Instagram, but I am 40 years old, so I'm a little old for things like that, uh, which is uh, kind of awkward when Thomas knows more about social media than I do and he's, He's eight. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely. But everyone definitely go subscribe to Spin It Lightspeed on YouTube, follow on Facebook, Instagram, all the social media channels. Uh, it's really a fantastic channel that you've just started, you know, like what, seven months ago, and it's already got so many videos and a lot of valuable information. So thank you for what you're doing, and I can't wait to see your next video. Excellent. No, complete honor to be here, Corey. So, uh... Thank you. Yeah, it's been an honor to talk with you. But yeah, thank you so much, and I hope you have a great day. You too. Cheers, Corey. Thank you. And thank you all so much for watching today. This has been a lot of fun talking with Andrew. Definitely go subscribe to his YouTube channel at Spin at Lightspeed. And if you are looking for that perfect summer destination, want to book accommodations, check out hondiscover.com. Uh, they have lots of accessible accommodations on handdiscover.com, ranging from accessible home rentals to accessible hotel rooms and a lot more. So definitely check out handdiscover.com for all of your accommodation needs over the summer and into next year even. So uh, thank you so much for watching. And we'll be back in a few weeks with a brand new episode of Access All Areas. So until then, have fun. See you later. Thanks for joining me for this episode of Access All Areas. Don't forget to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts so you can get notifications about upcoming episodes.